text that we read tonight, there's the stories that we've all heard before. We've heard them many, many times before. And uh, sometimes it maybe feels like we've heard them too many times before, so we stop listening. I want to try and invite you, if it's possible, for you to imagine that you have never heard this story ever read, ever at all, ever in your life. And listen, if you can, as if for the very first time, and hear the import of the words in what you're about to hear. Don't know if you can do that. Very few people can. But if you can, I hope this is a gift for you. Listen to these words from Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. He came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the seeing and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We sing together and let's remain seated. Listen. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. 
And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. <coughs> because there was no place for them in the inn. Excuse me. In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring glad tidings of great joy that shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour which is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign unto you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, glorifying and praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go. Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered, at what the shepherds told them. Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I hope my voice can keep up for the next few minutes as we just reflect briefly on this passage tonight, this most wonderful, wonderful story. <coughs> as I, as I, I say, we've, we've heard this story many, many times. Many of us have known this story uh, since our childhood, and for some of us who are here tonight, our childhood is quite a long, long way away. And we've, we've heard this story and we've told this story again and again. But the version of the story that we tell is a version that is in many ways quite different from the, the version that we hear in Scripture. The way that we end up telling the story is very often a, a blend of Matthew's telling of the story with the wise men and the wicked king and a star, and Luke's telling of the story, which has shepherds and sheep and angels and the baby in the manger. It's also a mix of other cultural elements. There's donkeys thrown in here and there, and innkeepers turning 
all the guests away and the poor expectant mother being turned away late, late at night with nowhere for her to sleep. There's all kinds of things in the story that we find from, I don't know, from Franco Zeffirelli, from Roma Downey, from, from Hallmark, from all kinds of other tellings of the story that we've come across throughout the years. There's a story that, I, that, I, that, that kind of demonstrates this. It was this story about a wee boy who we'll call wee Johnny, who was in Sunday school, and it was leading up to Christmas. And in this particular uh, uh, um, Advent Sunday, the, the, the Sunday school teacher asked the children if they'd draw a picture of the nativity scene. Oh, the children were excited. They knew the story. They had heard the story so many times. They were so happy to draw this picture. So they all drew these lovely pictures depicting the nativity scene. And um, we, Johnny, was so excited. He drew this beautiful, beautiful picture. His Sunday school teacher comes over to him and he's look, she's looking at the picture and taking a good look at it. And she says, oh, Johnny, what a lovely job you've done. That's a beautiful picture. I see all the characters there. You've got the baby right in the middle with Mother Mary there, you, you know, prayerfully looking over the baby, just this look of love and wonder in her little cartoon face. And you've got Joseph guarding over them and the shepherds and the angels. And you've got the wise men and the donkey and the camels and there's a star and everything. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. But Johnny, I'm a wee bit confused. There's a, there's a character there who I have no idea who he is. For we, Johnny, had drawn this really little round fat man in the corner of the manger scene. Quite a large type of character, very round, very, very fat. And, and the teacher said, I've got no idea who this is. And Johnny says, well, miss, you recognize everybody else. Surely you've heard of round John Virgin. <laughs> <laughs> we end up, don't we, with all kinds of, that was awful, I'm sorry. We end up, I've just spoiled that Christmas carol for so many of you as well. Um, we end up with, with so many different pieces thrown into the Christmas story. And we lose the real pieces that are actually there at the heart of the Christmas story. In Matthew and Luke, we find the two uh, uh, main tellings, if you will, of the story of the, the coming of Christ into the world. And in that story we find Bethlehem, and we find angels, and we find Mary and Joseph and the baby. So we find in Matthew and we find in Luke, those are the elements that we find, but there's one more element that we find that I think we miss, because we're not really paying attention to how these elements all work. There's one other element that's in both those stories and it's in some other tellings of the birth of Christ that are a wee bit different from these straight up tellings in Matthew and Luke. And what we find in those stories as a common theme is this idea of light. This idea of light. In Matthew's gospel, we find the light in the star, don't we? That the wise men are following. The star shines in the sky. They see the star rising in the east. And they follow the star. They follow the light. And it leads them to the Christ. The one who is the light of the world. In Luke's gospel, it's maybe a wee bit more subtle in some ways. This idea of light 
But we do find it, and we actually find it quite clearly. Think about the shepherds out in the field on that dark, dark night. The angel of the Lord appears to them. And what happens? The glory of the Lord, it says, shone around them. We've got shining. We've got God's glory, which is quite bright, if you ask me. I think God's glory is radiant beyond all radiance. We have light in a very, very powerful way demonstrated. And then we find uh, a company of the heavenly host appearing and singing praises to God. This intense, extreme light all pointing towards the coming, the birth of the one who is the light of the world. Even in John's gospel, in John's telling, we find a wee bit of a different telling in John chapter 1. The very beginning of John's gospel, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created by him. Nothing that was created was created without him. He was the life of men, and that life was the light of men. It says the light shone in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And John also speaks of the glory of God, the glory of God's only begotten Son. These stories are all filled with light. It's in John's Gospel later where Jesus himself says, I am the light of the world. And think about how that light came into the world. It was a hope that had been longed for. If you flick through the pages of the Old Testament, you'll see time and time again the cry of God's people longing for God to come into their darkness, into the darkness of their world, into the darkness of their existence and shine His light and bring something transformative. And then we find this wonderful word in the book of the prophet Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those living under the shadow of darkness, upon them a light has shined. That word was fulfilled on that night in Bethlehem so very, very long ago when the light began almost as a, a dim glow perhaps. How bright would a little baby be? It seems like just a glimmer of hope. And yet that baby grew into manhood. And that man declared, I am the light of the world. And on the darkest day in human history, when we put to death God's own Son, in the midst of that darkness, that was when the light of God shone most brightly and we saw the extent of God's love for humanity, that even the darkness of death itself could not hold on to. Darkness has not, is not, and will not overcome it. That's the promise of the resurrection, friends. We live in a very, very dark world. There's darkness all around us. 
We can see it every day. We can touch it every day. We taste it every day in our existence. We see it with our eyes. We hear it constantly. We're saturated with darkness. Some of that darkness, it comes in external forces to us, doesn't it? In the images we see, in the images we entertain, in the sounds that we listen to. Some of us find ourselves in places of darkness that are brought on by others. We find ourselves in difficult, in painful and dangerous situations. Friends, if you are in a dark situation like that, Jesus has promised, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. There's a beautiful word in the book of the prophet Isaiah that says, do not be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. If you are in a painful, dark situation, Christ is with you, shining his light. Grab a hold of that light and know that he is there with you. There are some of us who find ourselves in darkness caused by ourselves. Repeated habitual sins that we fall into. We don't fall into them. We choose to do them. We find we're bringing darkness within ourselves. and We find we're hurting and harming those that we love. Those around us. And causing them to be in places of darkness. Because of our actions. So many of us bring about our own darkness and cause darkness in the light, the lives of others. Friends, if that is you, if you are bringing about your own darkness and bringing darkness into the lives of others, Christ, Christ's light shines directly into your darkness and offers you forgiveness and offers you peace. There is no darkness, even the darkness of death, that is so dark that Christ's light has not overcome it. The gospel is true. In Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Turn to him, to his light, and know his forgiveness, and know his freedom. Friends, it's my hope and it's my prayer tonight that as we have gathered in this place, we've gathered to capture something. This is called the Christ candle of the light of Christ. And it's my hope and it's my prayer that whatever darkness there is around you, Whatever darkness you may find yourselves in, that light that is Christ will shine in that darkness. And you may know life in all its fullness. And that life, and that life, and that light will set you free. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.